Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode where we are going to tackle imposter syndrome. So um, we're tackling this for a couple reasons. One, I think it's an important topic, and I think that probably all of us have felt this way at some point in another. And when I say this way, and you're like, I'm not sure, maybe, I'm going to define it, so just hang it with me for a second. But the other reason we're covering it is it was a requested topic. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is that I, in fact, take requests. <laughs> so if there is a mental uh, skill or or mental game concept, challenge, something going on in your brain that you would like some help with, please reach out. Because what's important and what's a perfect segue into this topic is most likely you are not alone in whatever challenge you're facing. Just like our topic this week, imposter syndrome, you know, one of the core things about feeling this way is to feel that in fact you are alone, that you are alone in thinking these things, right? So see how I'm already tying these things together. So um, it can really... um, mess with people and make people think that they don't belong. Okay. So I'm going to read you, I'm going to start this off by reading from, you know, the Google and uh, reading you just a couple really short definitions of what we're even talking about here. Okay. So here's one definition. Um, of imposter syndrome. So some of the common signs of imposter syndrome include self-doubt, an inability to realistically, that's my underscore, realistically assess your competence and skills or attributing your success to external factors, right? So some people in those cases might think, oh, I just got lucky or I didn't really deserve to win or I don't even know how I won that class or like, I can't believe I cued or I didn't deserve it what have you, okay? Here's another definition. Um, imposter syndrome is clo- is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high-achieving people, mm, us competitive types maybe, who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades, all right? So another version of that, or I'm going to even say like an application of that, um, is those of us who teach other people, right? So I have, of course, suffered imposter syndrome. I mean, the first question is, who am I to have a podcast, right? I mean, that that's a really core question. And that's something that someone who is battling with an imposter-related, you know, kind of thought, right? Let's take the syndrome maybe out of it for a minute. Um, because by the way, there's no like clinical, it is a it is a defined thing, um, but it's not like a disease or anything that like that. So let's just make sure that we're all agreeing on that. But you know, when I do my classes, right, through Clean Run, or I do this podcast, I look 
at my peers who are also doing digital online courses um, on this topic or even maybe not on this topic, right? I get to teach through Clean Run's digital platform and I look at the other people who are there and I think, I'm teaching with them? But like I go to their seminars, like I think they're amazing or that people, that person was like the first seminar I ever went to. I think that was like the most memorable thing I've ever done, you know, or whatever. Or like podcasts. I think of like, no, these other people have podcasts. (laughs) These other people who have like more followers and are better known and are bigger and more deserving, right? Or they're better or what have you. And so those are the feelings that get us started on this kind of slippery slope when we think kind of, and, it, and it's a little bit of, um, there's a great Marianne Williamson quote that really begins like, who am I, you know, to feel this way, right? And basically it's like, who are you not to? But I think that when we start down this imposter track, we start with that, who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be teaching? Who am I to be telling one person how to perform or telling another person how to do a a specific skill? Like, who am I to be doing this? In the ring, it can show up like, you know, if you cue, like, I can't believe I'm doing this or I can't believe I'm now in master's, master's whatever, right? Or I'm in all the B classes or, or what have you. And we just get it in our head that I don't deserve it right? Or I shouldn't be here. Or there are better people that um, that deserve this more than I do, right? And so we get that stuck in our heads and it becomes really self-limiting. So in doing some of this research for this, because you know I definitely want to research it for myself and for you and do everybody a good service on this, one thing I know I was surprised to learn is both Maya Angelou and Albert Einstein um, have like documented their imposter syndrome. Okay. Um, my Angelou said something like, you know, I'm just, I just think that one day everybody's going to find me out. Right. Maya Angelou, like, are you kidding me? Like find you out what, like you're amazing. Um, so what, what's interesting about imposter syndrome is it tends to happen, as I said, to high achieving people, you know, to, and, and the reason is, those are the people who are holding themselves to another standard, right? So there's a whole bunch of things tied up. So I'm just going to like rattle off a bunch of things that are all kind of tied together, and then we're going to try to parse them apart. So they hold themselves to a really high standard. They look up to others as a form of comparison. You know, they take classes from other people, or they look to people who are further along in their field. Um, they think that they are not on some level worthy or deserving of the position that they're in, uh, the, whether it's an accolade, a grade, uh, in our case, a Q. Um, and they're, they're, this level of comparison and perfectionism has kind of gotten out of hand, I'm going to say, just very casually, to use very casual language. But um, in that, you know, they're trying to be so perfect and they think, well, I'm not perfect. How can I help someone else? Right. Or, um, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not so and so. How can I possibly also teach? Right. Just what I said about myself. Right. I, I don't have a huge following. This this podcast yet <laughs> doesn't have huge downloads. Like, who am I to be doing this, right? Who am I to be teaching, right? I teach, um, you know, I teach foundation agility classes as well. And yet I run Bernie's Mountain Dogs. Like, 
do I know about running a border collie, <laughs> right? I mean, like we could all ask ourselves those things. And the truth is that, you know, we need to tackle each of these things, right? So this ball of string that contains perfectionism and holding ourselves to a higher standard and comparison and getting lost in looking externally instead of looking internally. And I say it's a ball of string because when we look at it all together, we think the result is like this, the ball of string is named, I am not worthy. I am not deserving. I am an imposter. Someone is going to find out that I don't have the skills or expertise or track record to be doing what I'm doing, right? And there's fear in there, right? So throw fear into that ball, okay? So the ball, if the ball is the imposter syndrome and all of that, then we need to start parsing out what part of imposter syndrome do you, do I um, really resonate with so that we can then address it, right? So if you are the person who is the perfectionist, right? And I tend to be a perfectionist. Um, I, uh, you know, if you're looking at a perfectionist and you're like, oh, I have to be perfect at this before I can either help teach, do, start a podcast, whatever, right? Um, Then, you know, that's a perfectionist in tendency that you have. That's a a piece of you that believes that everything has to be a specific standard. And in truth, right, you know, it's that last 10% that we agonize. I say we as a perfectionist, we agonize over. And the truth is 90% is more than good enough to start start getting the message out there. And I'm going back to my example in this podcast, right? Is it perfect? No. Is it going to be improving as it goes on? Of course. Am I going to, I hope, sit at episode 100 and look back at episode one and be like, oh my God, (laughs) that person didn't know anything back then, you know? Yes, of course. But if I'd have waited for it to be perfect, no one would be hearing me (laughs) right now, okay? So... The thing that I realize for me, what gets me out of my perfectionistic tendencies is starting and putting something out there is better than not. Because at the end of the day, there are people that I can lend a hand to, right? There are people I can help up. And the the other thing is about that is that um, I'm not great at everything, I have a skill when it comes to mental management that I can share. Someone else is going to be really great at helping me get better attention, maybe in the ring or better healing in the obedience ring or, uh, you know, do, um, you know, a really great blind cross in a ring or something else, right? We all have these gifts and we all have these gifts to bring. And there is only one of us, right, with our own special take on these gifts. So if you're waiting to be perfect, that's your standard to be perfect. That's not but somebody else's standard. Somebody else may be going like, I need you. I need this gift that you have because I don't have it. So for me, it was about um, leaping, right, taking the leap and leaping anyway and knowing that it's it's never going to be perfect. There is no such thing. Um, for me and um, for a podcast. Um, and so a little bit is a leap of faith. So if you are in that, if you're, if perfectionism is part of your imposter syndrome, then think about how you can take a leap of faith or how you can use someone else's need for the skill that you have to push you over the line. 
right? Share your skill, share what you are good at, put out into the world your gift and help somebody else up as someone helped you get to where you are. Okay, so that's what I I would say about that. Um, You know, other reasons, you know, the comparison thing, gosh, I mean, I've written blog posts, we've talked about it on, on podcasts. I mean, the Comparison being the thief of joy, thank you, Mr. Roosevelt, um, is just so true. And the thing is, is you're comparing your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Not a great quote. It's not mine, but I'll, um, um, but I thought it was a great quote. Quote right, especially in the age of social and Facebook, and you know everybody posts their highlight reel, and you're thinking about your behind the scenes and what really happens, and you're comparing it with that, and so um, that's part of it. You can't really compare yourself to someone else uh, because you don't know what's going on in the background. The other thing I'll say that I know from like personal learning from being uh, on the student side of things is. Um, your instructor, uh, someone who's giving a workshop and someone who's running an online course may all say the exact same thing, but in different ways. And one of those ways is going to resonate for one person. Another way is going to resonate for another person, right? So the gift that you have, people need, okay? there, You got to get that out there, all right? Um, the other part, the other messy string in this, you know, messed up ball of imposter syndrome yarn that we're trying to untangle here is this feeling of worthiness and of deserving. And that's a really hard one because that that's a lot of our self-talk and a lot of what we feel like in our head and being, um, do we deserve to be here? And, you know, um, the Maya Angelou, someone's going to find out, you know, or something like that. And the, the, of course, the answer is yes. Of course, you deserve to be here. Of course, you deserve to put your gift out into the world. Of course, you deserve your accolades, the ribbons on your walls, the 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 green, the cute ribbons, everything that you have earned, that you have worked for, um, you know, and, you know, for all of us, some things come easier and some things are harder. Again, when we are comparing to other people, which we shouldn't be doing, but we do. Uh, so you need to keep that in mind as well. Um, and the other thing is, is in sports, right? So now we come back to sport and we come back to mental management. We come back to, okay, in the ring and driving home from a trial or something like that. And maybe you feel like an imposter when you come home from a trial. Um, the thing is, is the ribbons are never going to tell the story. Okay. If, if you're in agility, my very first double Q, um, was on a call that I absolutely 100% on video, miss the A-frame contact. I mean, I didn't, my dog did, but you get me. And so I shouldn't have cued, right? She should have put both hands up. She, it shouldn't have been a cue. And yet I double cued, right? And we all have those stories where we got it giveth and it got it taken away, <laughs> right? Because then we've all got a story where like they something was called or something happened that shouldn't have happened and we didn't get the cue, right? You have to look at in the big picture that it all evens out, those kinds of things for sure. It all like statistically evens out in the end. And sometimes the luck is with us and sometimes it's not. Um, but that doesn't change our deservingness um, or the fact that in sport, yes, luck you know, um, being fortunate, maybe let's say it that way, um, sometimes plays a role, right? Sometimes, you know, 
being in the right place in the right time plays a role. But what gets you in the right place at the right time is your preparation. And so the other thing that I think causes the deserving feelings or the feelings of less than is if you feel like your preparation wasn't where it needed to be, yet you had the result you wanted, right? I could give you a whole bunch. I could do a whole nother podcast on the fact that, you well, you were probably visualizing the positive, the good outcome, and you got it. So visualization works. Um, but the other thing is, is again, this is sport. This is what we do. Um, you are deserving of all of your things, of all of your students, of all of your um, accolades, your cues, your wonderful dogs that you have. You deserve all of those things. And so it is worth diving into of why you don't feel that level of worthiness. Um, and I probably can't do that sort of armchair therapy right now in this podcast. It's not really what we're here to talk about. Um, but I do want you to really... Um, Think about how we can get you to the other side of this imposter syndrome. And I'm going to take a breath and we're going to talk about that when we come right back. Hey there, just a brief break so I can let you know about a product that I personally use for my dogs, Summit Joint Performance. I've been using it for about a year on my older dog, Indy, and then last fall I added my younger dogs as maintenance. Here's why I love it. It's a one ingredient. It's chondroitin for sulfate. That's it. It's clean, 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 and it's safe to use with whatever you're already using, whatever other supplements for joints or anything else that you're using. My personal experience has been that it slays inflammation. So if you are dealing with inflammation or even think you are, I think you're really going to love it. Finally, I one of the things that put me over the edge is I watched the horse people, which that's my background or when I was a kid, and they had such great results with it. And that helped me really lean in, right? The Olympic level Grand Prix horses, you know, Grand Prix riders are all using it. And so it was one of the things that really sort of validated it for me before I started using it myself. And of course, came up with my own personal validations, right? So it's one of those things. I liked it so much that I wanted to sell it. <laughs> so I am a, a, um, a reseller of it and official reseller. And so the link is in my show notes or you can PM me at the Q Coach on Instagram and Facebook and I will get you started with Summit. I really like it. Give it a try. And we're back. All right. Now that we've built this tangled yarn ball of possible things that make up our imposter syndrome, let's try to take them apart um, and unravel it and try not to feel that way because it's not that fun to feel that way. Okay. So the first thing I want you guys to do is I want you to look at your triggers, all right? Or think about the times where you feel this way. Uh, it's probably not all the time. There's probably a certain circumstance or a set of circumstance that makes you go, oh God, you know, that feeling, right? Whether it's in the pit of your stomach um, or somewhere else. And actually you should notice like where in your body you feel that. And just really look at it and realize that like, oh, it happens in this situation or under these circumstances. Um, because I want you to isolate it and to realize that it's not happening all the time. It's not this big generalized statement. It just 
feels big because when it happens, it really catches you and you really are like, oh, I feel like an imposter. I feel maybe vulnerable or fearful or exposed, right? But look at when it's happening, okay? So that's step one. Step two is then go right in and say, is this really true? Um, it's a simple question, but when we start to unravel it and we start to look at it, and, and like I said, don't take it as the whole tangled yarn ball, um, but take like one piece and try to pull the one piece apart. So is it really true that I don't have the experience to be here, right? Or is it really true that I didn't deserve to just cue? Or is it really true? And I think when you find out and you dig in, you're like, no, I deserve to be here. I have enough spirit experience to be here. I deserve to cue or, or yeah, maybe I was the beneficiary of a great call. Lucky me, you know, it, uh, on another day, it might go another direction, right? All evens out. So that's the second thing. Ask yourself, is this really true? Because most of the time you'll find holes in your own logic and you'll be able to start to let go. Okay. The third thing I think is really, really helpful with imposter syndrome is to remember that you actually don't need to have all the answers. You don't. I've said this, I said this a long time ago in business, but to me, the most confident person in the room is the person who says, I don't know, right? I don't know. I'll go find you the answers. Or That's a great question. I have no idea because I think it takes a confident person to say they don't know. And what whether it's your students or the people around you, or again, depending on the, on the circumstance, um, to be able to say like, hey, you know, I don't really know the answer, is to be able to say like, hey, I know that I'm good at other things. This one thing that you're asking me, I need more information, and I'm going to go get it for you. I'm going to go find out, or I'm going to go find a person who does have the answer to that. So, Cut yourself a break, whether it's your perfectionistic side of you or whether another side of you or teacher side or whatever you're doing, whatever the moment is, whatever the trigger is, remember, you don't have to have all the answers. You're not Google. (laughs) That's what Google's for. Or other people or friends or acquaintances or whatever. It takes a village, okay? So you don't have to have all the answers. It's important. Okay. Finally, I need you to know, this is number fourth, that you are needed in this world. What you do in whatever that moment, whatever in that ever area that you think you're an imposter, I'm going to tell you you're not. You are deserving. You are worthy. The world needs your skills and your talents and your experiences and your point of view. So even if you are a novice handler, it's your novice a dog, and you just sailed on through to masters in in whatever ring you're playing in, you have experience that the next novice a person could use. And so don't undermine that. Don't devalue that. Imagine what it would have been like for you to have you, you know, helping you when you were just starting out. Okay. Um, we need people who give back, who reach a hand back down and pulse the next person up with us. It is so important. I feel like this is like a society message and your motivational tip for the day. But 
I really think that's important. And, you know, we've all taken classes and taken classes, maybe we've had the benefit to take from multiple people or attend seminars. And, you know, sometimes someone will say something in just a different way and it resonates differently and it hits you differently. And you think, aha, now I've got it. And maybe your friend or your other instructor is like, but I've been telling you that for two years. And you're like, I, I just the way this person said it, like I finally get it, like it, it really resonated. So there, there's enough room for all of us out there, no matter what our special skill is, no matter what our talent is. If we are giving back in service, in with compassion and helping the next person up the ladder, then we are doing good in the world. So I just want you to know you are worthy, you are fabulous, you are more than enough, and you should keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. So um, whether you've got a promotion at work or a cue or you're helping someone else, um, keep doing it, okay? Because the world gets better when we do stuff like that, okay? All right. You are not an imposter. It is, in a sense, not a real thing because we all deserve to be where we are and we just represent ourselves um, as authentically as possible. That's all we can do in the world. All right. Well, that and have a fantastic week with your dogs. All right. I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.